This is a summary on the first Sicha of Parshas Kisave, the opening of this week's Parsha is the mitzvah called Bikurim, where the Jewish people are obligated to bring the first fruits of the seven items of produce and fruits that Israel is blessed with and uniquely blessed with. And when these first fruits are grown, grow in the fields, the very first item that is dealt with is Bikurim, followed by many other tithings and other things and gifts that we give. But the first gift found is the gift of Bikurim. And when we bring these Bikurim, these first fruits, this offering of first fruits to the Holy Temple in Jerusalem, we recite a passage. And this is a very famous passage. It's become famous for the last few thousand years particularly in every Jewish household, because this is actually the structure of the Haggadah. The Haggadah, these verses that we quote, that a person is to say when they come to the Beis HaMikdash, is the structure of the Haggadah is based upon this. And what does a person say? They announce and they go back to Jewish history, going all the way back, and they say that there was an Aramite. Arami, an Aramite was destroyed my father, tried destroying my father, tried plucking the root of the Jewish people from its source, from its genesis, from its beginnings, referring to the episode of Lavan, who tried killing Yaakov, and Hashem saved him. And from there he went down to Egypt, and there we suffered tremendously, and Hashem took us out with a strong hand, and he brought us to this lovely, beautiful, wonderful, fantastic place called Eretz Yisrael, the holy land of Israel given to us by Hashem. Now, if you look at this passage a little bit closely, a little closer than usual, you're going to be a little startled or or, or puzzled, rather. Why? This seems to be a very interesting abbreviation of Jewish history. You go to that Yaakov was going to be annihilated by Lavan. Hashem saved him. And this, of course, is referring to the episode specifically where Lavan chased Yaakov when he was trying to leave after being in his service for over 20 years, and he realized that his father-in-law never has any plans to let him go. He finally just escaped with all of his children and his wives from Haran, and his father-in-law chased him and was intending to kill him, but Hashem intervened and saved Yaakov's life. We go from that episode to the exodus from Egypt. So I understand we're trying to express gratitude, we're trying to describe and articulate our humble beginnings and how Hashem has saved us. And then now he brought us the ultimate good, which is the land of Israel and so on. But still, the description of history seems to be a little interesting. Why these specific episodes? There are so many other miracles took place. So much. There's so much history there. Why these two scenarios? You took us out of Egypt and love and try destroying us. And even though you could suggest that we want to say something which could have annihilated the entire Jewish people. The exodus from Egypt is a very great general miracle because if not for it, we'd be lost in Egypt forever. If the Jewish people were destroyed right then and there as Lavan was planning, there would never be a Jewish family. Why specifically? But the problem with that is, is there actually a number of problems. But the main problem is that there's actually a few other miracles you could point to which, by the simple reading of the text, would have led to the annihilation of the Jewish people as well, if not for the 
Hashem interceding on our behalf. For example, Eshet Hanachalim, the Jews were attached when they were walking through the valley, and Hashem made a miracle and killed all the enemies, all of their enemies. Even going back to Yaakov's story alone, Yaakov um, was attacked. All the surrounding Canaanite, the people living in Canaan, surrounded his family after the incident of the massacre of Shechem to kill his family, and Hashem saved them from the Canaanites, from the people living in the land of Israel. And greatest of all, there's an incident again with Yaakov, with Esau, with his brother Esau, that Esau came with 400 generals, and they were planning against the small family of Yaakov, and they were planning to destroy them and kill them, and Hashem saved them. So the question, the answer is unsatisfying. We're back to the original question. Why is it the case that these two episodes are picked out of the entire Jewish history? What is the explanation? And the answer of the Rebbe, brilliant in its simplicity, is the Rebbe says that if you look in Rashi, and where the Rebbe likes doing everything on the level of Pshutisha Mikra, so the Rebbe could have had this whole talk, not even on the level of Pshutisha Mikra, just as a, just as a person asking, just as a asking on the Chumash. But the Rebbe wants to do it specifically on the level of Pshutisha Mikra. Because this is even a question, this is such a basic question, that even on the level of the simple reading of the text, Pshutisha Mikra, it's a question. It's a very strong question, as a matter of fact. So if you look in Rashi, Rashi actually focuses on the words, on the obligation that you're only obligated to bring Bikurim, not when they enter the land of Israel, only after the conquering and dividing up and the settling of the land of Israel, which is a whole different talk of the Rebbe, a wonderful talk about why you can't thank Hashem for the first fruits until every last Jew is settled in Israel. Beautiful idea, and this is not the place for that. But that's the halacha. In other words, they went into Israel, but it wasn't that the first person who had first fruits brought it to the temple. They had to wait for the entire land to be settled. What do we see from here? That what we're thanking Hashem for is not merely for giving us life and giving us a land. No, we're thanking Hashem for settling us in the land, for the fact that we could take pleasure in the land, which is, by the way, what's unique about fruits versus produce and so on. We could, we were settled. We were, were, it's pleasurable. We enjoy it. We could rejoice in this land. We could relax. We're, we're, it's very much in a way of kvias. We're established in this land. So when, what are we trying to compare it to? We're going back into history. We're trying to give thanks to the Almighty. So what are we saying? We go back to periods of history where technically we should have been settled down. Technically we were there for an extended period of time. We, um, we were there... In a, in, a, in, a, in an extremely established way, but yet it didn't work out that way. We weren't enjoying, Hashem didn't, Hashem had us in a hostile environment and he needed to swoop in, so to speak, and save us. We weren't, it wasn't natural. The goodness that Hashem gave us wasn't natural. It was always, he saved us. In the end of the day, the 12th hour, the 11th hour, Hashem comes in, swoops in, and saves us. But now Hashem has given us that the place itself should be a place of joy, of simcha, and of goodness. So therefore, going back to the Jewish history, what do they point to? 
we're not going to go to the confrontation with Esau. That was on the way. That was a miracle that happened. But that has no relevance and it doesn't capture what we're trying to describe in terms of what we're thankful of the situation that we're coming from to the situation that we are entering into. So we're not going to compare it to Asa. We're not going to compare it to when the Canaanites wanted to attack the family after the story with Shechem. And uh, we're not going to attack, attack, um, uh, compare it to the story of Eshet HaNechalim when they were going through the narrow valley. But if you go back in history, the places to compare it to are when he was settled by Lavan for over 20 years, which is a really long time to be settled. And he was, his wives grew up there so that he was living there and so on. And yet during his time there, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was living this existence where he really couldn't even leave. And when he left, Lavan said, I'm going to kill you. And what does that mean? That means that this describes, in other words, this is not just that he was in danger at that particular day, that Lavan chased him. No, this describes the situation that he was in, that he was in a place that didn't allow him to leave. And naturally, he would never have been able to leave his father-in-law's city and area, vicinity, without being killed. That's, he was a, he was a, he was a snake lover. But ultimately, Hashem came in and saved him from that situation, that it shouldn't be a negative and he should be saved. And of course, Yitzhak Mitzrayim goes without saying, they were in Egypt for 210 years. That's as, as serious as it gets. But never, but until this morning, then we say, Ad until Hashem brought us to this place where everything is different, and we thank Hashem for all of the bounty and the beauty that He has given to us. What does all of this mean spiritually? And why do Jews get up on an unearthly hour on a Saturday morning to learn about this? We haven't had a temple in two thousand years. What does it mean to us? So it's a little bit as there's an esoteric idea discussed by the third Lubavitcher Rebbe that's a Machzedek. But essentially it goes like this. It goes like this. The tree is like the tree of life, is God Almighty. Ha'adam Eitzhasadam, man is compared to a tree and the ultimate man is God. Is God, the man who sits on the throne. The one who we are, we are all made in his image. The image of God. The world of Atsilus, if someone's familiar with Chassidus. The souls are the produce, are the fruits of that tree, of, this, of said tree. So the souls are, the souls of Israel are these, are these uh, produce of the tree. Now the Gemara says that an angel is so, is the size of a third of the consciousness of the world. That's how big it is. Because this is spiritual space, but spiritually the soul is like a third of the world. And, us, and we know, I'm not a soul, an angel. And we know that a soul is even greater than an angel. So it turns out that the soul which inhabits our body is a very minute portion of our soul which descends and comes into the body. And the ultimate job of a Jew, Hashem wanted us to transform this world. We're here to connect the reality of the soul within our body to the greater element of our soul, which never really descended into the body. And that's what it means to bring, bring these fruits, bring it 
and connect it to its source, connect the soul with its ultimate source. And the way this is done is through, through, methods, uh, through two methods. One is through bringing it from below to above, which is the concept of bringing it to the temple. And we take all of our traits, um, our environment and so on, and we bring it to Hashem. And then there's the reverse where you bring Hashem to it. And this, and this is many, two different ways of serving God in general. Torah, for example, is bringing God to the world versus prayer is bringing the world to God. It's not the place to elaborate upon it, but those are two methods of serving God. And that's represented by the bringing of the Bikurim to the temple versus the reading, the, the verses that we recite is like bringing God down to the fruits. And these two scenarios of leaving Egypt and leaving Lavan both represent spiritually the bringing down of holiness from the upper worlds, because Lavan really represents a spiritual concept, which is whiteness. Lavan comes to the word Leuven. Whiteness represents a clear color that all other colors are drawn upon it, which means a, a simplicity, an essence of God. That's what that represents according to Kabbalah. And Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, of course, we know is Hashem revealing himself to the Jewish people and taking them out of Egypt. They were like little children. It's all about the revelation of God from above. And this is what we read because the reading on the Bikurim is like revealing God into the souls. Okay, so those last two minutes was a little esoteric, but uh, but you got you get the point. And in conclusion, a very very powerful concept and a lesson to all of us, which is that what do we see based on everything we said till now? That the focus the focus is on being settled in the land, being established in the land. Not that Hashem gave us the land. It's about, that's why we're comparing it to other times when we were settled down. What does that mean practically? That means that a person, when they're uplifting their environment and connecting their soul to God, it's not about bringing a miraculous revelation of God and godliness into your life, right? And that's how you connect with God and you remove yourself from the world around you. No, the whole celebration of Bikurim is that you're established in the land, that God and godliness feels comfortable and settled and established. And therefore, even the best of your physical, the best of your money and the best of your items, everything is going um, towards good good causes and good reasons and, and positive things and, and, and bringing godliness into the world in an established way because Hashem wanted a dwelling place in this world. He didn't want to be a guest. You want it to be a dwelling place. That means it has to be established in this world.